So today I wanted to talk a little bit about Ron DeSantis and his continual war on woke and what that really means for us folks. Uh, I don't think I've heard it put in these terms, and I just want to kind of phrase it in a way that we can understand what he's actually trying to do with this war on woke. But before we get there, remember Colin Kaepernick? Remember him? Well, he's back in the news again, folks, and obviously he's, he's trying to sell a book here. I should preface it with that. But this article from the New York Post goes into a little bit of detail here about what he's doing. So it says, Colin Kaepernick accuses white adoptive parents of problematic upbringing, perpetuating racism. So the controversial football star Colin Kaepernick accused his white adoptive parents of perpetuating racism in a new interview. But he still loves them. But they perpetuated racism, according to him. The former NFL star told CBS Chicago he struggled growing up in a problematic household, a through line he details in his upcoming graphic novel, Change the Game, that he's trying to sell, obviously. I know my parents loved me, but there were still very problematic things that I went through, Kaepernick said. It was important to show that, no, this can happen in your own home and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. So the novel tells the story of Kaepernick's journey from high school into his storied athletic career, blah, blah, blah. But the whole thing, and there's his parents right there, adoptive parents. And it, it centers around something that's that's pretty crazy when you get down to it. So one of these disagreements illustrated in the novel was a fight over his hairstyle. Kaepernick, in an attempt to idolize basketball player Allen Iverson, wanted to embrace his blackness by wearing cornrows. But his mother pushed back. He's getting what roles? His mother Teresa cited as saying in the book. And then, in reality, she allegedly told him, oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug. The conversation with his mother has continued to impact Kaepernick's life decades later, he said, even influencing his now famous Afro hairstyle. So what parent... Uh, if I mean, we've all had parents that have said some pretty tough things to us, right, through the through the ages. And I don't think this is a, a racism type thing, to be honest with you, because if a white parent with a white child had a situation where the child wanted to cut their hair in, in, in a mohawk, the mother would probably say the same thing. And I don't see this as being, it's a little bit of a reach in my book. I don't think that his loving parents, which he obviously loved, we're trying to be racist to him by saying he looks like a little thug. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, in, through the lens of time and God knows what sort of psychiatric help he's been getting, maybe this became something. I, but I really don't think it's a racism thing. I think his parents truly loved him, and there they are. Adoptive parents. And, and you know, it's not easy raising a kid, especially if you're a foster parent. But... So moving on, folks, did you know that Rush Limbaugh's Palm Beach home has been sold? There it is. So evidently, Rush Limbaugh's wife sells his longtime Palm Beach home for a record $155 million, 2.7 acres. He only paid something like $3.9 million for it. My God, that's been sold. So George Santos is back in the news. Here's a snippet on him. George Santos masterminded 2017 ATM fraud. His former roommate tells feds, Santos taught me how to skim card information and how to clone credit cards. 
says Gustavo Ribeiro Trelha, who was once convicted of felony access device fraud. I guess he'd know. He said Wednesday in a sworn declaration submitted to the FBI. And there's George Santos with that, oh, kind of a dumbfounded look. I mean, it just doesn't end with this guy, does it? I mean, we keep finding something new out that he's managed to do almost on a weekly basis. Unrelenting. So, folks, high heels Ron DeSantis. Yes, that's evidently a thing here. Take a look at this. This is Slate.com. Ron DeSantis seems to be wearing those high heels all over the place, and he's wearing them in Iowa today, evidently prancing around, meeting with Governor Reynolds, and he's got a lot to say, and I'm going to play a clip of that. So this article from Slate says, One of the few reliable truths in electoral politics is that voters like tall presidents. The average U.S. president is about two inches taller than the average U.S. man, who is five foot nine inches tall, purportedly. That's how tall Ron DeSantis is. Recent presidents have skewed even higher and taller. Every president since Jimmy Carter, who is five foot nine and a half, has been five eleven and a half or taller. We haven't elected a president smaller than the average man, five foot nine inches, in nearly 130 years. And that was William McKinley who won that election. But this is um High heels Ron DeSantis, folks. So take a look at this. He's back in Iowa. And this time it's official because, it, well, he hasn't actually announced, has he, that he's that he's running. We all know that he, the, that he is. But I still wonder if he's going to have the guts to run against Donald Trump, who, with this possible indictment that's looming, um, he might be injured in our eyes, but it doesn't seem to injure him in the eyes of his of his uh, MAGA fans. I, I don't think that's going to weaken Donald Trump, but DeSantis visits Iowa as interest in likely Trump rival rises, and he's introducing himself to an eager audience, audience of Iowa Republicans today with a message that leaned into the antagonism toward the left that has made him a popular figure. Of course, he's going to say, we'll never surrender to the woke mob. We've all heard that before. But... One of the things that um, is going on here that's kind of interesting. So we've got this poll that came out today. It's from the Des Moines Register Mediacom Iowa poll that found that 80% of self-identified Republicans in Iowa had a very favorable or mostly favorable view of Donald Trump, while 75% said the same of Ron DeSantis. So it's getting close. And why that, that matters is because of this. I'm going to play a clip from Bob Vanderplatz, who is one of those rabid, um, anti-gay, anti-trans, you know, anti-everything, just about. And I hate to play a clip of this guy because he said this kind of stuff, and this is coming from an article. It says, it's sadly predictable that he's also warned that gay marriage would lead to the legalization of pedophilia. That's what he said, or that the family leader once had a conference where speakers openly talked about making being gay a capital offense. That's the kind of stuff that uh, he's he's for. But here's what he had to say, folks. He's a kingmaker in Iowa. The Iowa legislature, Republican legislature, bows down to this guy. So it is sort of uh, interesting to hear what he has to say. 
Bob Vanderplatz is president of the influential Christian group, The Family Leader. He too believes it's time to turn a page. There is an appetite for somebody other than Trump. Is that Trump fatigue? I think part of it is, I think there's a little bit of an exhaustion. Uh, I think there's also some people saying, I'm looking to the next generation of leaders. But a field too large and unwieldy, he said, will only benefit Trump. If Trump wins in Iowa, I don't see anybody stopping him after that. And I think what he means is if he wins the Republican caucus, which I believe is coming up February 5th, and uh, if he should win that, I think that just his opinion is that he'll just steamroll through everything else and become the Republican candidate for president. So Ron DeSantis is, uh, here's a little bit of what he said while he was in Iowa, folks. Have a listen to this. Fauci needs to be held accountable. It is wrong to tell a second grader that they were born in the wrong body. They're not. Nobody is telling second graders that they were born in the wrong body. This is a, this is a fable. It's a myth. It's, it's a war that he's made that doesn't exist. The enemy doesn't exist, Ron. It is wrong to have gender ideology imposed in our schools. And in Florida, we don't let it happen. We have fought the fight and we're gonna do more. You know, it's, it's, it's a fake war. Just let our kids be kids. Stop using an agenda. We say very clearly in the state of Florida, we will fight the woke in the legislature. We will fight the woke in education. We will fight the woke in the businesses. We mm. will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Blah, blah, Our blah. state is where woke goes to die. Yeah, we've heard that before. So, folks, I think that we need to recognize what Ron DeSantis is saying here and what he's trying to do with this war on woke. Uh, and by the way, he's, he's wrote this book, which is Courage to be Free that in reality, Ron's freedom is repression for anything LGBTQ. It's anything about slavery that should possibly make someone feel bad, because if you do make them feel bad talking about it in school, they're going to sue you. It's about repressing any sort of talk about immigration, because, you know, after all, they're trying to replace everybody, right? That's the Republican great replacement theory that they're trying to replace the white people, the immigrants. So there, there really is no immigration plan coming from Republicans. And by the way, they're going to remove books that they don't like if they mention anything gay. Um, while at the same time, they let kids walk around with cell phones in their pocket that, that have like the biggest pornographic library available to them in the history of the world. But, you know, if a book mentions anything gay, that's got to come off the shelf. And when it comes to free speech, they're looking at a bill in Florida where if you say anything bad about Ron DeSantis, well, then you have to register with the state and you have to show how much money you made off of that post. So free speech is under fire. So the courage to be free is sort of a misnomer. It's free for them, but repression for everybody else. So essentially, folks, we can't allow Ron DeSantis to define how we're going to live. That's what the war on woke is really all about. By calling something woke, it's their attempt to pretend that racism, transphobia, or homophobia doesn't exist. We don't need fairness where there's no injustice. So if you don't talk about it, they don't need to address it. So this war on woke is really all about feel-good politics. It, it makes the Republicans feel good. We don't need fairness. 
if there is no injustice. If they don't recognize that gay people exist through the don't say gay bill in schools, then they feel good about it, not having to deal with it. Feel good politics. If they don't recognize racism can exist, then there's no need to fix it, is there? Right? That makes them feel a hell of a lot better. It's all feel-good politics from Ron DeSantis' perspective. Whether or not we like it or not, folks, this war on woke is really about whether we let them define the rules to live by that make them feel good. And, and the way I see it is their inability to deal with the real world is not our problem. It's not. We've got to push back every chance we get on this so-called war on wokeism. Folks, I want to thank you for joining me. If you enjoy the content, don't forget to click subscribe. We'll look for you next time. Till then.